And hello and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with my co-host Nathan Jones, and we are live and just excited about today's program because God has a wonderful plan for individuals. And we're with Lamb Lion Ministries. Again, you're tuned into our program, The Truth Will Set You Free. So for those of you that are watching us live via social media, we'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family so they can follow along with us as we have a great program prepared for you today in the Word of God. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you as always for being our God, our Savior, the lover of our souls. We pray, Lord, you'll guide us through this uh, presentation as we look at your word in Ezekiel. And Lord, uh, open up your revelation to us so we may understand your purposes and your will in our lives. And those who have all tuned in, we thank you, Lord, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuning to our Truth with Set Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones. Again, we're talking about this wonderful topic of the future of Israel according to the book of Ezekiel. And of course, for those of you that are following us again live on social media, make sure you share this with your friends and families. Hit the like button and invite others to be part of it. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host Nathan Jones. Actually, I'm going to welcome my co-host Nathan Jones. The program is always great to have Nathan on. Nate, how are you today? Brother, it's good to be on. And uh, don't forget, uh, Colonel Tim Moore has joined us as well. And uh, we're excited to be jumping into the book of Ezekiel yet again and continuing this series as we go chapter by chapter through the book of Ezekiel. Well, now that's even more exciting that Tim is joining us. Tim, welcome. Thank you. Very glad to be here, Vic. Good to be connected with you and all of our listeners. That is fantastic. Fantastic. For those of you that are not aware, we had this amazing conference this week, and we were all together live, and we had such a great time. Tim, can you share with us a little bit about the conference and also uh, what went on? Yeah, well, we had a conference talking about the, the storm warning that the signs of the times are pointing to. In other words, the approach of the end times and the return of Jesus Christ, first for his bride, the church, and then returning to uh, to reign on earth in his millennial reign, but to pour out God's wrath as well. So we were giving people warning uh, that wrath is coming, but you can flee into the arms of our loving Savior we had a tremendous day proclaiming the various signs of the times with a number of speakers and then moving into, again, uh, how can you flee from God's wrath into the loving arms of his Savior, or of our Savior? So that was our message, and that's what we proclaim each and every day here through Lamb and Lion Ministries. Mm, thank you so much. And yes, we have such a great time and uh, everybody that came, they did such a great uh, job in sharing. And for those of you that maybe missed that conference, Nathan, would you be able to tell them how they can get a hold of those resources? Oh, absolutely. Our conference is, was live streamed on our Christ and Prophecy YouTube channel. So you can still find it there. It's in the 2022 conference playlist uh, right on our uh, homepage of the Christ and Prophecy YouTube channel. And we're going to be choosing a DVD, too. For those of you who are like the uh, old school and like to get a DVD, we'll have those probably in another month or so available. And you can order that through our website at ChristinProphecy.org. Mm, thank you so much, Nathan. Again, yes, I, I like what you said, old school DVDs, because technology is changing, right? <laughs> I've seen statistics where sales of DVDs globally reduces by a third each year. So we're definitely moving, kind of like we moved away from VHS to DVD. Looks like we're moving from DVD to streaming. 
Oh, absolutely. So, but still, it's a great opportunity for individuals to grab hold of these resources. We're so excited uh, for what the Lord is continuing to do. We're also very excited about what God is doing through his word and also uh, through the prophets as they have amazing messages for us that relate to not only us, but also the situations uh, 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 as a whole, what's happening around the world. Uh, Tim, you would agree that we are living in some interesting and yet exciting times as we see the Lord approaching uh, day by day by all the prophecies that are being fulfilled, especially those in Israel. Certainly, we are living in interesting times. I mean, that was a Chinese proverb at one point, but you have live in interesting times, what we do. We live in a time when the signs foretold in Bible prophecy are happening all around us. As a matter of fact, they are converging. <clears throat> Excuse me, the signs of Israel perhaps being among the most uh, prevalent and exciting in our day and age. And so anyone with eyes to see, ears to hear, and spiritual discernment recognizes that, that the world is growing darker, but it points to the Lord's soon return. And so that gives us encouragement and hope even in this season. Mm, amen. Of course, for those of you that have been part of our programs, you know, we're, we're making our, our way through the book of Ezekiel. And today we're going to be looking at how God continues to deal uh, with the nation of Israel and also what happens when people turn their back on God or when they disobey God and uh, what the Bible has to say about that. So the, the God has been speaking through the prophet Ezekiel to his nation. And we've been covering here the different events that have been unfolding uh, in the book of Ezekiel. So we're going to pick it up today in Ezekiel chapter chapter 11, beginning on verses uh, 15 through 18. Uh, Tim, will you be able to read for us Ezekiel 11, verses 15 through 18, as we continue looking at this amazing message for God's people? Certainly. It says, Son of man, your brothers, your relatives, your fellow exiles, and the whole house of Israel, all of them, are those to whom the inhabitants of Jerusalem have said, Go far from the Lord. This land has been given to us as a possession. Therefore say, thus says the Lord God, though I had removed them farther away from among the nations and though I had scattered them among the countries, yet I was a sanctuary for them a little while in the countries where they had gone. Therefore say, thus says the Lord God, I will gather you from the peoples and assemble you out of the countries among which you have been scattered and I will give you the land of Israel. When they came now, there, excuse me, that's yeah. verse 7. Go ahead. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Tim. I just I sorry to interrupt you. No, I just the, the next verse 18. When they come there, they will remove all the detestable things and all the abominations from it. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I'm sorry. We had a little lag there in the audio. But Tim, clearly the Bible talks about here that God is not through with Israel, that although he brings discipline and chastisement upon them, the Bible clearly says that God has a plan. He has a remnant and he still has a, a hope and a future for them. He certainly does. And that's something that gives us hope because Israel uh, had strayed far from him. They were unfaithful, as you know, demonstrated even in the prophet Hosea with his uh, his wife, but God being the loving bridegroom, Jesus Christ, and, and our eternal uh, Father always is in pursuit of us. And so he has been faithful to Israel, even though they are faithless to him, he's faithful to us. And when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, he will not let us go. I love that. And Nathan, we talked about this looking at verse 16 there, where, where it clearly talks about how they're going to be scattered 
uh, uh, but but it says that that I shall be a little sanctuary for them in the countries where they have gone. And we see also that throughout over 2000 years, the nation of Israel has been scattered really all over the world. Yeah, the context here, if we go back to where Lord Ezekiel is, he was a prophet, uh, or he became a prophet. Uh, he was exiled at 25 years old uh, during one of the first exiles around 600 BC. And five years later, God called him to be a prophet, and he was a prophet to his people. But not all the Jewish people had been exiled out of Israel by Babylon yet. We get Daniel later. Uh, it was 586 B.C. before all the Israelites were exiled out. So he's calling Israel to repent and return to the Lord. But there, it's judgment time, as, as Moses had prophesied, that if they continually, over the generations, rejected God and turned to idols, that he would eventually exile them. What's interesting is the time amount that he exiled. He exiles them for 70 years, one for each Sabbath, uh, a sabbatical year, you could say, that they skipped the, every 50th Jubilee year. Getting complicated here, but that that's what he's doing. So uh, Ezekiel's already partially into this time. So really, what he's prophesying is as they will be regathered, but they won't. It won't be all the Jews that were gathered first by Assyria that took the Israelite, the ten northern tribes out. We've got basically Judah and Benjamin, and a remnant of them will come from Babylon and return in about 520 BC, and then they'll rebuild the temple and. So there's quite a number of time here. So this prophecy is that, hey, next week you guys are coming back. But God still wants to give hope to the Jewish people. And basically, as we read previously, he's saying, hey, you're being exiled. Uh, I believe it was Jeremiah said, go make homes, have families. You're going to be in exile for a while. Continue to live and be godly examples. Yep. And, you know, uh, Tim read there, verse 18, we see the purpose of why this is taking place. Because it says, and they will go there and they will take away all of its detestable things and all its abominable things from them. And Tim, you would agree that part of the problem was these individuals have fallen into idolatry. And we find that same problem even today in our nation. We sure do. And, and so the Lord does not uh, tolerate people disabusing him. In other words, uh, running away from him, rebelling against him. He's a jealous God. And he doesn't have jealousy like we do. That is, uh, you know, tied up in envy and in, in bad emotions, God's jealousy is a righteous jealousy, and he will not share the glory, the honor, the praise that he is due with any other false god. And so it is highly offensive to God for anybody to worship other beings, other gods, or to put anything before him and before the primacy of our relationship with God. And so that was true for the Jewish people back in the day and, and here in the Old Testament, it's still true for us today, if we will have discernment to learn this lesson. And they should have known better, because the first two commandments of the Ten Commandments is God first and no idols. And they broke both of those repeatedly throughout their history, all the way up until the here the 500s B.C. Nathan, and, and what a wonderful uh, reminder that is for individuals that look at the scriptures. I mean, at the end of the day, even us as believers, we need to follow what the scriptures command for us. Otherwise, we also can uh, experience a chastisement and the discipline uh, of God. And, and I think, Nathan, that's something, too, that people don't understand that uh, God is a loving God, but he will bring about uh, chastisement and judgment uh, or correction, I should say, uh, for his people, especially the church. And hey, I think we're, we're seeing that so many 
uh, Christians and even churches are really turning away from many of the commandments of the Lord. And, and we are starting to see a lot of idolatry as one of the signs of the last days. Right, Tim? Yes, we certainly are. We recently did a discussion of the Georgia Guidestones, this uh, false set of, uh, of stones that was erected almost like a, a Stonehenge in England over in the countryside in Georgia and pointing to all sorts of pagan ideology and, and pointing people toward false beliefs, uh, worshiping the earth, worshiping all sorts of things. Well, it was destroyed recently. Somebody blew it up and then Georgia actually came in, the, the government, and cleaned up the debris because it was it was really something that they did not want to promote, thankfully. And so that is just one example. But over and over again, in this country, many people uh, prioritize money or fame or, you know, sometimes even their own personal appearance. We have people who worship their own beauty or their own physique in ways that, really demonstrate God comes far down the list, if at all, in their list of priorities. And God will not tolerate having any entity or any ideology before him. And so we're just as guilty as Israel is. But even in this case, it, the demonstration of God's love is that even as he disciplines, even as he has scattered and, and you know brought about punishment to the Jewish people, he still has love and it, it demonstrates mercy because even the punishment is meant to bring people back to him. I think that's an excellent point, Tim, because again and again, we can look and say, oh, God's always angry. You always hear, especially he'd say, the Old Testament God, he was angry all the time. Well, if someone was constantly slighting you and hurting you and betraying you and breaking your covenants and stealing from you, you'd have a reason to be angry too. But what's wonderful is that throughout these passages that we've been reading through Ezekiel, it's, it's always about God giving punishment for the purpose of of bringing people to repentance. And that's an ultimate act of love because, you know, all these other things that we put in front of God hurt us. They ruin us. They destroy us. Ultimately, they send us to hell. So it's an ultimate act of, of love for God to want us to restore that relation, that right relationship with him and to put all these things that are harming us out of the way. You know, if I had a child or a grandchild now who just constantly wanted to touch the stove when it was hot and I said, no, don't do that. No, don't do that. At some point, I'm going to smack their hand and say, don't do that. And someone could say, oh, you're so mean. You, you're smacking your child's hand. Just, just let them be free. Give them liberty. Well, they're going to burn their hand. They're going to run and play in the street. And so even as I, I discipline my children or grandchildren, it is an act of love. Now, I'm not a perfect parent. And so let's face it, even my efforts at discipline sometimes fall short. But God is a perfect parent, and he combines even his uh, outpouring of discipline with absolute and perfect love. And so that's always his motive. I love that, Tim. Well said. And again, for those of you that just tuned in, you're tuned into the Truth with Second Free Bible Prophecy Edition, Big Batista, Nathan, John, Tim Moore. Again, we're talking about the future of Israel's people and also God's discipline upon them and also his purpose. And Tim, I love that because we see verses 19 through 21, the outcome of that discipline. I know you're short on time, but will you be able to read for us that verses 19 through 21 in case someone doesn't have a Bible so they can follow along with us? Sure. It says, and I will give them one heart and a new spirit with, and put a new spirit within them. And I will take the heart of stone out of their flesh and will give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes and keep my ordinances and do them. Then they will be my people and I shall be their God. 
But as for those whose hearts go after their detestable things and abominations, I will bring their conduct down on their heads, declares the Lord God. Now, Tim, I, I just love that because we see God's purpose. He wants to give them a, a new heart. He wants to change the hard heart of stone uh, into a heart of flesh. And like you mentioned, there we see the loving kindness of God and really what he wants to bring about. We sure do. And, and we see that, you know, his goal is to bring people to repentance, to restored relationship with him. But there is an aspect of responsibility on our parts. So how we respond to God really determines the outcome in the end, uh, because his goal would be to bring us to himself. But some, instead of yielding, instead of softening their hearts, are kind of like Pharaoh. They hardened their hearts. Uh, Billy Graham said the same uh, sun that melts the butter hardens the clay. So some hearts are softened and, and yield to the Lord and are given then, as he describes, a heart of flesh. And others reject him, continue the rebellion. In Revelation, we're told they literally shake their fist at God and curse him, even for the, the rightful justice and punishment that they are receiving. And, and that is not God's desire or will, but unfortunately, sometimes that is human nature. Mm, excellent point. And Nathan, you would agree that even today, God might be disciplining someone and they are, uh, again, not understanding. And maybe they are in a situation where they are, uh, are trying to uh, reject God's discipline. But we should be open uh, to God's discipline at times because God might just be wanting to do something new in us. I read a great book a few years back called The Edge of Eternity. It was kind of a pilgrim's progress that was modernized. Excellent book. And there's one scene where the guy who's kind of like the pilgrim is watching people climb up a mountain. And there's a mountain pass, very icy, very slippery, and there's this guardrail up along the mountain pass. And he sees the weirdest thing, that the people are kicking and, and trying to knock off the guardrail. And they're so angry at the guardrail for keeping them locked up and limited to the things they wanted to do. And they finally succeed and kick this guardrail off, and then they all slip off and plunge to their death. And that's likewise is that, that there might be hard times in our life where we're going, Lord, why? Why are you doing that? Or why do I feel like I'm being chastised? Well, he's doing it for the purposes of, of keeping us from falling off that cliff into our death, both physically and spiritually. It doesn't feel good while we're in it and looking at them, but at the same time, they're necessary to keep us from hurting ourselves. And I, I think we are like children in a way. You know, children look at their parent. They don't understand why they require the things they do, but it's for their good and benefit and purposes. And so the God's got the same for us. We just need to trust him. And that's that's really where the walk of Christ is uh, all about for a Christian is, is learning to, that when we don't understand why God's got restrictions around us, he still has our best purpose in mind. Mm, I love that. Thank you, Nathan. And maybe you're watching this program or listening to it, whether it's now or the future, and God is putting those guardrails around you. Maybe you are a young person and you're rebelling a little bit against the, the things of the Lord. Maybe the the rules and guidelines of your parents at home, you might think they're too strict. You don't, might not understand it. But as Nathan Jones just shared with us, those are there for a purpose. They're there for a protection. They're there to help us and keep us in line. And if we choose to remove those, oftentimes we will run into to all these challenges and problems in life. In the same way with the people in Israel, God had a plan for them, God loved them. God is not through with Israel. Some will, some will wanna say that today, but according to the Bible in the book of Romans chapter 11, it really outlines for us God's plan for the future for Israel and what he's doing, even though we might not understand it 
right now. Nathan, can we make our way over to Romans chapter 11, just in case someone doesn't have a Bible? And we're going to be looking at um, a few verses there, 1 through 10, and uh, maybe we'll split it up. If Tim is still available, maybe we'll read verses 1 through 5, and you can read verses 6 through 10 for us if that's a possibility. If I said no, how would you react? I will be so upset, Nathan, that then I will have to read it myself. <laughs> huh? Which one's me? Oh, you want to take the first five? Tom? All right. So for, I, I could not possibly say no to you, Vic. You asked so nicely every time. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tim. You see? <laughs> yeah. So for uh, Romans 11, I'll read verses one through five. I say then, has God cast away his people? Certainly not. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not cast away his people whom he foreknew. Or do you not know what the scripture says of Elijah, how he pleads with God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars, and I alone am left, and they seek my life. But what does the divine response say to him? I have reserved for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. Even so, then, at this present time, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. Pick it up in verse 6, and if by grace, then it is no longer of works, otherwise grace is no longer grace. But if it is of works, it is no longer grace, otherwise work is no longer work. What then? Israel has not obtained what it seeks, but the elect have obtained it, and the rest were blinded, just as it is written. God has given them a spirit of stupor, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear to this very day. And David says, let their table become a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a recompense to them. Let their eyes be darkened so they do not see and bow down their back way always. Mm. And clearly we see there the Bible talks about in verse 5 that remnant, that remnant that God is working on. And this is why we share with you, our listeners, and those of you that are viewing the program, that God is not through with Israel. Uh, we might not understand what God is doing, but according to Scripture, God's plan is in full effect uh, with them. And, and Tim, and that is the remnant that we have seen regathered even in our present time. It, well, that's a partial remnant. I think that, yes, we have seen many Jews uh, streaming back to Israel. There's been a great regathering. As a matter of fact, that regathering is so incredible that it will exceed in its miraculous nature, even the Jewish uh, deliverance from Egyptian captivity that they still celebrate to this day. The Jews don't yet recognize the, the modern regathering for the miracle it is, but almost half the Jews in the world live in Israel. And yet there's another end time remnant I think this is pointing to that will remain to bow their knee to, to the Lord, to recognize Jesus Christ, whom they have pierced, to look upon him as one looks upon an only son and cry out. And they will, will call to him, Baruch Abba Shem Adonai, which means blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So right now, many of the Jews, most of the Jews that are regathered in Israel are completely uh, agnostic and many of them even atheistic. Uh, a great number is, are also uh, orthodox, which means they reject Yeshua as Messiah. But through a series of miraculous events in the end times, soon and very soon, they will realize that God indeed has preserved them, is continuing to preserve and protect them, and they will come to, to saving faith. And so we look forward to that day. That's why we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, knowing that only when Jesus comes to reign in Jerusalem will there be peace. And that's why we pray a blessing on the Jewish people that they would come to know 
our Savior and their their Savior as well, our Jewish Messiah, Jesus Christ. Ooh, I love that. Thank you so much, Tim. And thank you for clarifying that, uh, the remnant and God's regathering and God's future work also for the nation of Israel. So again, we're very excited according to what the scriptures have to say. Nathan, you know, this, uh, this, this thought out there of replacement theology. And can you talk to us a little bit of that? Because as we look at scripture here, that's totally different than what the world is saying. Yeah, a lot of uh, churches who adhere to what's called replacement theology like to skip Romans 9 through 11. Because it says that God is not done with the Jewish people. He still has made everlasting promises to them. He's going to bring a remnant to salvation. They will be a priestly people during his reign when he rules and reigns over this earth from Jerusalem during the millennial kingdom. And so people that adhere to replacement theology believe that the church has replaced Israel and all the promises, but never much on when it comes to the curses. And so that God's done with the Jewish people and has no purpose for them. But Paul says, no way, you know, for chapters 9 through 11 are very clear, is that God does have a purpose for Israel. Yes, the church is a spiritual Israel. Yes, it's a remnant of Gentiles and Jews who come to know Jesus as their Savior, but that time will end when the rapture of the church happens, and then the world will move into a seven-year time period called the Tribulation, where God will again bring down his judgment upon the world for the purpose of bringing people to their knees to repent, just like we read in Ezekiel 11 with the exile, and many, many people come to Jesus as their Savior, including many, many Jews. And they'll say, just as Tim said, when they say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, then that's when the Messiah returns, because Israel nationally has finally accepted their Messiah. I, that is fantastic. And again, that's why we want to clarify this for those of you that are part of the program today so that you can see what the scriptures have to say. Although we're looking at Ezekiel, this is, of course, uh, a few thousand years uh, prior to uh, what's happening today, we see that God's plan is in full effect uh, for the nation of Israel. We need to continue to pray for, for the nation of Israel. We need to continue to support the nation of Israel. And uh, again, according to scripture, we see God's plan for us also as the Gentiles. So as we get ready to uh, close chapter 11 of Ezekiel, we want to encourage you to follow along with us these last four verses there in Ezekiel chapter 12 are very, very important. Nathan, would you be able to take those uh, three verses for us in Ezekiel chapter 11, excuse me, verses 22 through 25? Since you asked so nicely, I will. <laughs> Sorry, just messing with you, man. Okay, so the cherubim lifted up their wings and the wheels beside them and the glory of God of Israel was high above them and the glory of the Lord went up from the midst of the city and stood on the mountain, which is on the east side of the city. Then the Spirit took me up and brought me in a vision by the Spirit of God into Chaldea, to those in captivity. And the vision that I had sent went up from me, so I spoke to those in captivity of all the things the Lord had shown me. Nathan, this is, uh, again, this is an amazing passage because we were looking at Ezekiel chapter 1, and we were looking at the description of these mighty angelic beings, these cherubims and seraphims, and also the Spirit of God in the midst of it, and, and, and Ezekiel here seeing this amazing vision of the things that were to come. And uh, it's a wonderful reminder also of what happened to the Apostle John in, in the book of Revelation. In Revelation chapter 1, we notice a similar situation uh, taking place. And I was going to see if we can look at Revelation chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. I'm not sure if Tim is still with us. If so, maybe he can uh, do those verses. If not, we can continue looking at these as we compare the two. 
I can read. Uh, so in Revelation 1, uh, the Lord's revelation is this, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signify it by his angel to his servant, John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ to all things that he saw. So soon and very soon, we know all this is going to come to fulfillment. But even the book of Revelation is not John's testimony. It is the testimony of Jesus Christ. I love that. And Tim, and that's what we were sharing to have God use this also, these mighty angels also to bring about his revelation, to show things uh, that are to come to his servants. And then in Revelation chapter one, a few verses further, verses nine, verses nine, we see again, John also being in the spirit, much like we see in Ezekiel. Nate, will you be able to read for us chapter one of Revelation verses nine through 11? Okay, I'll do it quickly because we're running out of time. Uh, I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the day of the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of the trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, and what you have seen write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia and to Laodicea. That's perfect. And Nathan, the, 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 the key thing there is we notice John uh, was in the spirit. Also, we see in Ezekiel talking about the spirit of the Lord. And we see that these revelations came by the spirit of God. It was not something that was made up of man, but it was revealed by the Lord to bring to bring this message of what's going to take place in the future. And we believe also that there's a message that God has for you today, and it has to do with his son, Jesus. And the idea here is that God is speaking to us in these last days through his son, according to Hebrews chapter one. And we need you to recognize God's work of the spirit uh, in your life and all around you. And, and before we close each program, we oftentimes say that if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, this is a great opportunity for you to turn to Christ now while there is still time. And if Tim is available, would you be able to share with this individuals to maybe how they can start their relationship even today from wherever they are? Yes, wherever you are, you can just uh, cry out, Lord, I am a sinner. I fall short of your glory and your goodness, but I want to repent of those sins. I want to turn away from sin and really turn back to you. I know you've been pursuing me. You sent Christ on my behalf while I was still a sinner. And so I embrace Jesus Christ as my Savior. I trust in him and him only for my salvation. And if you do that, you need to plug into a local church and to other believers who can help you grow in the faith. And you need to start this journey that ends in heaven, but really begins the very moment that you put your trust in Jesus Christ. Uh, we here at Lamb and Line Ministries hear from people every day and throughout the year who have done just that, and we pray on their behalf. Uh, many of them engage with us and start studying the Word of God to begin growing in their faith. And so our prayer is that every person hearing this podcast, if you don't already know the Lord as Savior, you will trust in him today and you will join that great throng that is crying out, Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Thank you so much, Tim. Yeah. If you receive the Lord, listen, reach out to us. We rejoice when we hear that individuals have come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And as Tim share, find a church, get plugged in, get baptized, and continue to grow in the things of the Lord. The Lord is coming back very, very soon. And well, we ran out of time for this segment of the program, but hopefully you can stay tuned to our next uh, programs in the future. And we thank you for being part of today's program. Tim, Thank you so much for hanging on and being part of today's program with us. It was such a joy to have you. Glad to be here. I look forward to participating again. Y'all have a blessed day. Thank you. And Nathan, like always, thank you so much for being part of the program. And what a wonderful time we had, Nathan. And thank you, Nathan, for reading the scriptures. <laughs> well, since you asked so nicely, how can I resist? <laughs> Well, everyone, we thank you for being part of the program. Uh, we always have fun here. Hopefully, you can stay tuned to our next segment. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, and Tim Moore saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you. I hope you guys have a great day.